Welcome to the UK Travel Planning Podcast. Your host is the founder of the UK Travel Planning website, Tracy Collins. In this podcast, Tracy shares destination guides, travel tips, and itinerary ideas, as well as interviews with a variety of guests who share their knowledge and experience of UK travel to help you plan your perfect UK vacation. Join us as we explore the UK from cosmopolitan cities to quaint villages, from historic castles to beautiful islands, and from the picturesque countryside to seaside towns. Hi, and welcome to episode 47 of the UK Travel Planner podcast. In this episode, we are talking about practical tips for visiting the UK with your top 10 frequently asked questions answered. That wasn't very easy to say, Doug. No, it wasn't. (laughs) (laughs) So this week, Doug and I are back to kind of go through um, the 10 questions that we get asked most often about kind of general visit travel to the UK. Um, There are a couple in here about London, but mainly we've done about kind of the general things that we get asked. Um, so we've kind of come up with 10, haven't we? We have, yeah. yeah. So we're going to just head into it, straight into it. So the biggest question we're asked is where do I find information about planning my trip to the UK? Um, so our answer kind of is through the UK Travel Planner website, the London Travel Planner website, this podcast, um, our private Facebook community, which is the UK and London Travel Planning uh, Facebook group, or the... UK Train Travel Tips. Facebook group, which Doug runs. Uh, you can join our email list um, and get newsletters. Um, also, you can buy our ebooks, such as our... Our Guide to the UK Train Travel. Um, our London Travel Guide and Itinerary Planner and our Best of Britain Itinerary Planner. So we have loads of loads. resources for you. We have lots and lots of articles on both websites um, and constantly adding new things on. And, you know, join our Facebook community. Come and chat. Come and meet us. Come and ask questions in there. So, really, UK Travel Planning has absolutely everything that you need to plan your perfect UK vacation. So, that answered that question. It did. I'll read the number two out. Then, okay, then you go okay. for it. What are the options for connecting to the internet in the UK? Okay, so we get asked that question. Uh, what? Maybe once, twice, three times? four times a day in the Facebook group. Um, so this comes up quite a lot. And I understand why. This is something that really, it always freaks me out. I always get a bit like, so how am I going to make sure that I connect to the internet? Well, that's it. We all rely on connectivity wherever we are. Absolutely, so. absolutely. So basically, you've got five options. You can go for free Wi-Fi. Uh, and most hotels in the UK do have free Wi-Fi. And you'll find it, lots of hot spots all over the place. So you'll find it museums, coffee shops, fast food restaurants. So you can get free Wi-Fi. Obviously, the downside of that is it's not often it's not secure, so you need to think about having a VPN on your phone or device. Okay, I will say train stations, but also many train operators have a free Wi-Fi now. Well. Yeah, they do absolutely. Um, so that is one. If you really want to save some money, you can access kind of free Wi-Fi. The second option is to use a portable Wi-Fi device such as um, Skyrim Solace, which actually Doug and I um, use. We we prefer that because if we're traveling together, we can tether laptops to it, iPads to it, phones to it. Um, and, and it worked out pretty well for us in the UK last year, didn't it? It did. We used the uh, GPS lot as well. Didn't yeah, we? yeah. So it was really, it was really good. Um, so that's an option, and that's really good. If there's quite a few of you travelling together, um, another option is that obviously you can contact your mobile provider in whichever country you're in and check what their international plan is and arrange for a day pass. We do find that can be quite expensive, but obviously that's something you need to kind of you know check out with your provider. 
and you know some have international calling that are built in which i know is quite important for some people if you kind of want to be able to make phone calls um but really just take note of how much that's going to cost and, yeah. and what your limits on, on data are and the ability to make calls and texts. That's it. The last thing you want to do when you get back home is to find a... Oh, a huge a bill. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, we just keep our phones on airplane mode. We, we? do. Um, so the other option is just to buy a SIM card, which you can do before you leave or when you get to the UK. So you'll find there's plenty of SIM cards for sale in the, the supermarkets and stores. Um, just make sure that, that your phone is unlocked and that you can swap it over. That's it. And I've seen the... Um, People flying in, uh, like Heathrow, plenty of options and um, various places you can buy SIM cards and whatever. Oh, absolutely. There, yeah. 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 Um, and the other, um, you know, they, they, they can be quite reasonable. And then the other option is um, the, the new one, which is eSIM technology, or it's new to me, um, which, but again, you have to check if your phone is eSIM enabled, um, is compatible. Um, and that you can actually do it. So I haven't tried that yet. I'm, I'm also a bit shy of the SIM card thing because I'm terrified I'd lose my own SIM card. But I know that those are really popular, and the eSIM might be something that I actually, you know, I'm, I'm going to give that a go, I think, because I've got a phone that can use it, and it seems to be a really kind of, you know, easy option to do that. So those are kind of your options. I think um, we have got articles on the website, so you can have a look at, uh, at what our recommendations are and read a bit more detail about that to prepare yourself. Um, you know, for accessing Wi-Fi when they're in okay. Question three. So we've got what type of plug adapter do I need? And can I use my electrical appliances in the UK? So, yeah, I mean, this comes up a lot. And obviously, if you're coming from a country with a different plug arrangement to the UK, which is a G-type plug, which has got three prongs, I will put a, a, an Im- image of that in the show notes, um, you'll need to purchase an adapter. So obviously, you put your plug into it and then the into the adapter and then plug it into the socket. Yeah, that's the physical yeah, side of yeah. it. Yeah. The, your appliance, you need to check that it has a working voltage uh, of 230 volts AC. That's the UK uh, mains voltage. If this is not the case, you need you, Maybe, you may yeah. need to buy a converter or transformer. I think the important question with this, and what we do say to people is really you need to check um, your appliances uh, when it comes to that. And really, if you've got any doubt about compatibility, do not use your appliance and mm-hmm. risk hurting yourself or damaging equipment. It really is important to think not about that. Not worth the risk. Obviously, you know, get an adapter if you want to, you know, plug your things in, that's absolutely fine. But as I say, check if it's something, I know hair straighteners comes up quite a lot, you know, check that that, that is something that you can use in the UK or not because of the voltage. Because yeah. I can also say I'll never need hair straighteners. No, you probably don't. And that's probably because you haven't got much hair, Doug. No, but that's all <laughs> panels. Oh, is that what it is? Yeah, okay. Is that where all your wisdom comes from? Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay, then next question. Question number four. What should I tip? Who should I tip? And is it expected? Yeah. So tipping is not expected in the UK, but it's always appreciated. I think the big thing here to say is, you know, it, it's not expected. It's, we've been in some countries in the world where really it, it, it's they don't let you out of the train carriages, I do. That is correct. And yes. so you give them a tip. So really, if you want to leave a tip for good service in a restaurant, 10 to 15% is generally the rule of thumb. Sometimes you will find that the service fee has already been added. And if this is the case, a tip will not be expected. Service um, charge. Service well. charge, yeah. yeah basically yeah. a service charge. It's about 12.5% mm. is what I can think of has been added. And often when you get to pay the bill, you'll have the opportunity to add that on um, to your, if you're paying via contact list. Yep. If you're in a cafe, you could leave, you might, if you go to the till, there may be a, a little um, 
jar, jar for tips and you yeah. can put you know put a couple of coins in that yeah. if you're in a pub and you order from the bar there's no expectation no. to tip barman obviously in a hotel you can if somebody's brought up your bags then you know you can tip a few pound at that point if you take in a london cab or a taxi just round up the fare as appropriate depending on the length of your journey and you kind of round it up I think uh, it's important if you're taking, you know, if you're taking some tours, again, think about, and we asked about this, tipping tour guides. And that really depends, you know, on group size, length of the tour, you know, for anything from £5 to £40. Only tip good service. That is that is the thing. Yeah, absolutely. That's really important. Um, if you're unhappy with something, you know, <clears throat> you don't make a scene, but you wouldn't consider tipping. Yeah, and nobody's going to have a go at you if you don't tip, really. I mean, no. there's no expectation, and it really is about good service. So, I know somebody who does accept tips, though. Would that be yours? That'd be yours. Yeah, we, yes. we, yeah. we do have a tip. We do accept Can it. We do have a tip you guide uh, button on the, on each page of your website. If you'd like to pass us a tip, we'd love it for um, you know all the information. All the free we, information. All the free information provide, that we yeah. share. Okay, so, yeah, so tip in again, so really don't get too hung up on it. Next question, I guess, is five. What should I pack for spring, uh, summer, autumn, winter? So the big thing to say here is the UK weather is pretty unpredictable. Mm. Predictably um, unpredictable. Predictably unpredictable. Yes. Absolutely. So the main thing to think about is to pack layers, expect rain. You know, if it doesn't rain, that's fantastic. We didn't get much rain last summer, actually, but... Um, you know, you, you expect some rain. We didn't in the summer. I think we did in, we did in May, but not so yeah. much over the summer True. month. And it was actually really hot last year. So you can get pretty high temperatures. Uh, I mean, last year was exceptional. Mm. went up to 42, which I think is about 105, 106 degrees Fahrenheit. So it was, it was pretty hot. Um, the main thing to do for packing really is to think layers. So, you know, just packing layers. I tend to try and go for similar colors so I can mix and match. I think that's pretty good. So, minute I'm all into it. It's all pinks, pinks and uh, reds and oranges. Those are kind of, that's my color palette at the yeah. moment. I should share my, my sort of clothing advice for blokes is wear the same clothes, whether it's hot, cold, or. <laughs> I just change from trainers to sandals. That's true, but you do wear shorts. I do wear shorts. That's true. Even with my legs. Yeah, you do. You do wear shorts. So I think, um, yeah, just, just think in layers. Think about things that, that can then uh, match up. Things like scarves. I quite like to, to take scarves. Comfortable shoes. That's really yeah, the key. Is. Make sure you've got yeah. something, you know, waterproof and comfortable. Yeah. So next question. How do I get from Heathrow to London to my hotel? Grace is laughing. I'm not. And how long will it take? <laughs> this is a difficult one for us to answer. But not without having a crystal ball. Because we don't know where you're staying. And actually, we often get asked, how do I get from the airport to my hotel? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, I have no I have no idea which airport you're landing at. <laughs> no, we don't know which airport you're landing at, and we don't know where your hotel is. Yeah. So we can't make any assumptions. It's a difficult one. Um, so that, that really is a, it's really difficult to answer that question. Yeah. And actually, to be honest, it's really easy to find that answer yourself because you know, there's Google. If you've booked a hotel, the hotel will tell you how to get there from from whichever airport you've landed in. To be honest, so you know, because we don't know every single hotel in London, <laughs> we have to do exactly what you'd have to do and just Google it. To be honest, yeah. I mean, yeah. most hotel websites have how to find us. Absolutely, page. absolutely. Yeah. But in terms of how to physically, physically get yeah, right. from Heathrow or whichever airport into London, talk about London. You know, you um, you have you know various options. So you've got public transport options. Yeah, well, that'll be the, the London Underground, the Tube, 
the train. Uh, by that, I mean the Heathrow Express, the uh, Elizabeth Line. Yeah. You've got options. You can take a taxi. taxi um, or you can do my personal favourite, which is a private transfer, because I absolutely, you know, I've got to the point in my life, really, where I just like to walk into through out of arrivals and have somebody stand there with my name on a piece of paper and whisking me to the car and then to my hotel. That That's me. Um, I've just got to that stage in yeah. my life. <laughs> you like your name in print? I do like my name in print. Yeah, yeah absolutely. And I just, yeah, it's a relief. And you know what? Um, I always think the main thing is if you're arriving somewhere that you do not know in the world in a new airport and you've been flying for however many hours, really do you want to have to think about how you are then going to get from the airport to your hotel? So really, really plan this. I mean, uh, especially if you, you know, if mobility isn't the easiest for you or you have children. Yeah, I've got, you know, if you arrive and there's like, you know, five of you and lots of luggage and, you know, push chairs or whatever. I, it just to me, I, it's it's just worth that added expense of having a you know having a private transfer. That's that's what I do. You can take the tube. It's very easy yeah. to get on the tube from Heathrow on the Piccadilly line to, to many places. And yeah. if your hotel look is at the end of one of the tube stations on the Piccadilly line, then and it's just you. Then fair enough, I guess. Or just you know, or you want to just you, however you want to do it, basically. Yeah, just check what time you allow. Mm-hmm. You know, can get checked in. Yeah. So that one. Obviously, you know, there's, there's various options, so it's up to you, yeah. whatever you prefer. Whatever you um, So how far in advance should I book things? So that is question number seven. Right, and this one, really, I've had so many disappointments or read so many things from people who are disappointed because they haven't booked places like Harry Potter Studios or they haven't booked High Claire's, another one that comes up quite often. Uh, you know, you really need to plan ahead and think about when you are booking things. So you've got it. It obviously depends on when, where you are going. So if you are going in the middle of summer and peak season and you want to go to some like high product studios, you need to get that book. Mm. If you are going to the Isle of Skye in peak season, you need to book your accommodation. You should, you know, if it's got to be done, you have to book that months in advance. Mm. So those kind of really Popular places, Edinburgh in August, Edinburgh in December mm. for Hogmanay. You've Jacobite got Express. Jacobite, yeah. Oh, yeah, Jacobite yeah, comes up all the time because people don't realise they need to book it. So I think the thing to do is you need to be really aware of what are those main things that get booked up. Yeah. So just check online. Check online. Find out when, when the booking opens and, and book it. Sky Garden is another one because that you know that's free, but you have to go on the website and make sure that you book uh, well in advance because the tickets will go. So I think they open up three weeks in advance. Get on there and book it. Um, Ceremony of the Keys at the Tower of London, again, really popular. That will get booked up well in advance. And if it's something that's really, really important to you, we really stress, check and get it booked. Plan your holiday, yeah. your itinerary around those things. Save disappointment. Absolutely. I mean, we booked Highclere last year, and I'm so glad we did because that it can be quite tricky to get into Highclere. Um, and we had a wonderful day; really loved it. It was absolutely everything and more that we hoped for. And the Jacobite was amazing. So you know, but we had planned this at our record six months before. I remember sitting up. I was going to say you stayed booking, for one, Yeah, to book the Jacobite yeah. first class because that's what we wanted. So again, think if you're going, if there's some places that you want to go to check if it's a school holidays in the UK, season in the UK. If it's um, a weekend, places are going to be busier. So you're better off going to places like looking in the week. That's right, and things like private tours. <laughs> yes, you know. They oh get, yeah, they get booked. Up. Absolutely. So you know, if you want, if you want to do a private guided 
tour with some, you know, Victoria and the Cotswolds or John England, you know, Southeast England or Cornwall with the Manege tours or any of our, um, you know, preferred driver tour guides, Mark and Northumberland, you really need to get booked up with them because there's only one of them. So, you know, if you want to go out with them and do the tours, you, you have to plan well ahead. Um, so I think that's, that's an important point. So we have got, again, we've got articles to go with each of these questions on the website. Yep. So the next thing we get asked about is... Where is the best place to stay in London or Bath, Edinburgh or York? Yeah, so that's a really difficult question for us to answer because really um, it depends on what your budget is. It depends on your travel style. You know, do you prefer kind of, you know, an Airbnb, VRBO, or do you want to stay in a five-star hotel? Um, you know, how many of you are traveling? Are you a large group? So, you know, the more than five of you want in a room. That's right. And do you want to be right next to public transport? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So it's a really difficult one to answer. But what we do have on the website is that we have extensive guides, basically to most of the destinations uh, around the UK. And if we haven't got it, we will be putting them on about where to stay. So, um, you know, you can start off with our travel guides. So we have travel guides that say to Oxford and Cambridge and Bath and the Cotswolds, Edinburgh. We've just got those Inverness, Fort William. So each destination has a travel guide. And off that, you will find some recommended accommodation options and then from that you'll get um, there'll be another actual dedicated post which will tell you about the various areas in a different in each location and then accommodation for various budgets um, and again with options for apartments for larger families and groups have also got articles so though you can find those sort that sort of information on the website you know and obviously think you know things are important you just need to you know, again, check. You need to do that kind of homework about what is it exactly you want. For London, for example, you know, where is it you want to stay in London? Yeah, and how much time do you want to spend leaving your accommodation yeah. to get to Traveling. the attractions? Yeah, because, yeah. You know, London's yeah. a big place. Absolutely, absolutely. And it's worth, sometimes, you know, it's worth splurging a little bit extra in your budget for this, those places just for the ease of access. That's right. And if you sort of time put you're only there for a short time, you don't want to spend more time than absolutely necessary in traveling. Yeah, absolutely, totally. So question nine, do I need to take any cash with me to the UK? So uh, we would say yes. Yes. A small amount. Really, you don't need a huge amount, mm. but I would not. I, we usually personally have about £50 on us. Mm. It's good to have a bit of change again for if you're going to give tips. Yeah. Uh, potentially, you may need it to access a, a, a public a restroom. Mm-hmm. You, um, you know, again, like, I'm trying to think what well, other occasions you might use it. I know you, you took a taxi last year and you had to pay in cash. That's right, yeah. Uh, also, if you uh, will be hiring a car, yeah, you can't count on uh, paying for car parking uh, with cars. Absolutely, absolutely. We've, a few times when we were travelling up and down the country, we, it was cash only, wasn't it? It was, yeah. So we are lucky we did have some. Um, another thing, obviously, uh, things like Apple Pay, contact lists are, are accepted in the UK, so that's absolutely fine. Um you know, you can you can tap on and, and, and pay that way. To be honest, last year I, I remember paying in uh, Nando's and I wasn't sure if they would take cash. I, did, um, I kind of looked at them and said, do you take cash? Yeah. <laughs> and also, if um, if you plan, if markets are your thing as well, I wouldn't always count that they take cash. Exactly. It is becoming more the case that yes. people prefer card, but don't assume that all of it is going to be. So just have a small amount. And as I say, if you like to, you know, if you go on tours or you, you like to tip, then have a little bit of cash to be able to do that with. Yeah. And then question 10. Uh, in London, <laughs> do I need an Oyster card or can I use contact? So 
Definitely. So. <laughs> this, this one comes up. This is honestly, this is quite an emotive. I think this one. The, a it lot divides. of it, it really divides people. Yeah, this one is, and you know what? It really is your preference. There's, there kind of are advantages and disadvantages to both, if you ask me. And I think what you need to do is weigh up the options for you, your for you and your family, and yeah. travel party for what will work for you. So, an Oyster card. It's it's fair, you know it's fairly easy. You can buy one when you arrive. Do you say what an Oyster card is? Oh, okay, you, yeah, you an Oyster card is the uh, the travel card that's used. Uh, uh, for transport for London, yeah, to get around in London, to get around so London, tube and bus. So it's basically just a, a form of payment. So the money is loaded onto the card, and you tap the card on and off on the tube. We like the Oyster card because it just is secure. Because you know, you put it in your pocket, you don't have to be worried about it. Whereas I don't particularly want to get my um, my credit card out. So you have to think if you want to use contactless. Fair enough, you could put that, you know, Apple Pay on your on your watch so that you don't have to take your phone out with your credit card. So that's an option. You obviously have to think if you're going to have bank charges from your bank uh, back home, foreign foreign fees for tapping on and off. So that's kind of a disadvantage of, of using contactless. Um, one advantage of contactless is that you don't have to keep topping it up, which with an Oyster card, you just have to keep checking that you have got um, enough money on the Oyster card. But really, it works the same way. You don't get charged any more or any less. No, it still has the daily capping. Yeah. It's still yeah. exactly the same, yeah. You know, we have people in the group very often going, well, I, I, I just used contactless and that it was much easier than having to get an Oyster card. Which is and, fine. Which that's, is fine. And then we have other people going, well, I had an Oyster card and that really suited me because I didn't have to worry about it. It wasn't, kind of, you know, I wasn't thinking where was yeah. my credit card. We're not promoting one or the other. No. It's about personal preference. Yeah. So again, we've got an article. We've got an article about what is an Oyster card. And we've got an article about about what, you know, an Oyster card versus contactless, so you can read all about it for yourself. Yeah. We've got numerous articles about travel by public transport around the UK and in London as well. So I guess those are kind of the top frequently asked questions that we get generally about visiting the UK. We are intending to do um, a dedicated podcast about, about Edinburgh, top yes. 10 frequently asked questions. Again, probably one about London as well. And a bit more focus on those. So if you've got any of those questions, you know, pop in and join us in the group and you can uh, add your questions. We'll make note of them um, and potentially we'll answer those in a future podcast. But really for today, I think that that kind of sums it up, really. Um, so I hope that's helped. I hope that has been useful. There are, as I say, articles which link to each of these questions, which will be in the show notes for this episode. So this you'll find that at UKTravelPlanning.com forward slash episode 47. Again, remember, you know, your best resource for traveling to the UK is us uh-huh. <laughs> and our UK travel planning community, website, products, uh, newsletter, email list, uh, you know, everything. We've got we've got absolutely everything really that you need to help find your perfect trip. Sure, yeah. uh, you know, we've been building this up for a few years now. Yeah. So we appreciate every one of you for listening to this. It's brilliant. And um, again, I guess this just leaves us to say as usual every week is... Happy UK Travel Planning!